It's good to be back today on Search the Scriptures with all of our listeners. We appreciate you tuning in to Search the Scriptures. I know that many of you do that every day, or at least as often as you can, and we appreciate that so much. We commend you highly for taking that particular approach. It's important that we open up God's Word on a regular, ongoing, steady basis and try to understand what those teachings are that he has communicated to us therein. God has given us his word to guide us, to help us, to encourage us, to instruct us, at times to correct us and rebuke us, but he has given us his word so that we can have the best life in this world and look forward to eternal life far beyond anything this world has to offer in heaven with him in Christ after this life is over. We care about trying to help you be able to, in a realistic way and with confidence, look forward to eternal life. We pray for you. We care about you. We are praying that you are getting to the point where you can make that right decision about what you're going to do about God's will for your life. We're trying to help you along that way as we study with you each day here on Search the Scriptures. It's always great to be here with Dennis Stackhouse. Thank you, Gary. It's certainly great for me as well to be with you on the program and certainly want to add my welcome to those listening. We're certainly pleased to have you with us. And you know you're exactly right, Gary. The most important endeavor that any human being can involve themselves in is trying to conform themselves to the life that God expects from his followers. You know, we're told in the New Testament that we're to be imitators of Christ. We're also told that we're to be imitators of God. The standard has been set, and the standard cannot be set any higher than what it has been. So here on Search the Scriptures, one of the things we're endeavoring to do is help people understand what they can do on an individual basis to conform to that high standard that's been set for one who desires to follow God. And you're right. We pray for our listeners that they'll be increasing in their knowledge and then we'll have the zeal and the dedication to follow through with that knowledge and make the commitment that needs to be made in order to become a Christian. Amen and amen. Dennis, we're going to get into a new study. Yes. And uh, I think it's a, a great study as far as the concept is concerned. And I pray that we'll do it justice as we look through the scriptures mm -hmm. to support this particular principle. There's a revolutionary message that we want to share with our listeners. Mm -hmm. Now, get ready. Mm -hmm. This is revolutionary. Here it is. You can be just a Christian. Quite some astounding. People, yeah. <laughs> some people are saying, huh? <laughs> That's it? <laughs> it is a revolutionary message. Well, it is. As you think about what's going on around us in society right now, Gary, and specifically talking about the religious society, it is something that's different, probably something that people maybe have never heard before. And uh, may have never thought of, even. Even that, yes. What does it mean to be just a Christian? What, what, and then people might stumble around a little bit trying to express themselves with the right words. Mm -hmm. It is a message, truly, of purity. Oh. 
You don't need to be a member of a denomination. You don't need to be a member of this denomination or that denomination, this kind of denominational Christian or that kind of denominational Christian or that kind over there of denominational Christian. You don't have to be a brand of Christian. You can be truly, literally just a Christian. You can, and that is, in fact, what the New Testament instructs us to be. It is, isn't it? It really is. (laughs) As you said, you know, I'm not sure how many of our listeners have have ever really thought about this concept Mm -hmm. very much or have studied about it. Yes, probably not. It's just incredible. And this is exactly the model that is laid out for us in the New Testament. It certainly is. Just a Christian. Mm -hmm. Just a Christian. You know, when it talks about in Acts chapter 16 and verse 31, if I remember correctly, correct me if I'm wrong there, calling that up from memory, where the disciples were called Christians first at Antioch, Mm. and they weren't called a certain brand of Christian. No, they really weren't. They were just called Christians. They were for a fact. Now, you know, so many people, Dennis, today, they are, when you ask them, well, what are you? Their first response will be that they are, and it's actually chapter 11 and verse 26. Yes. I didn't get either the chapter or the verse right. (laughs) (laughs) Acts chapter 11 and verse 26. Sometimes the memory is is a little faulty. But uh, people will almost instinctively respond by the name of a particular denomination. Oh, yes. Very common. And they don't even call themselves a Christian. That's right. In that response. Right. Now, I think they they figure, well, that's understood that I'm a a Christian. Mm -hmm. Oh, you mean you're a Christian too? Mm. Well, uh, uh, there's the stammering, the stammering mm-hmm. again, and the, mm-hmm. and the stuttering. Well, are we a Christian or are we a member of a denomination? If you're calling yourself by the name of, of a particular denomination, are you putting that first ahead of your identity as a Christian? Mm-hmm. Or are you saying you're a member of a denomination and a Christian? Yeah, something doesn't seem right there. Right. We well, see the, the difficulty. Now, the point is, all that is a concept that is has been developed over time by man. Mm-hmm. What the scriptures indicate is just a Christian. That is correct. Just a Christian. And as I said, this is a message of purity mm-hmm. in that that is the way it is laid out in scripture. It is also a message of simplicity. It is a message of direction and it is a message of common sense. Certainly is. Are we, in the name that we wear, the identity that we profess, are we trying to honor a particular denomination or religious group, or are we trying to honor Christ? Mm-hmm. Now, if you were going to look at and try to analyze that term Christian. What, what would you, how would you describe that word, that term? Well, I think very simply we're talking about a Christ follower. 
follower of Christ. Yes. Um, somebody had said, you know, that that means being Christ-like, perhaps. Yes. Uh, I think perhaps the most technical, literal rendering might be Christ one. Yes. Mm -hmm. And that gives the idea of what you said, a follower of Christ. Yes. A disciple of Christ. Right. That's that. what that word means is follower, adherent, believer. Yes. Mm -hmm. That's what our that's where our identity ought to lay. Well, it certainly should. And it makes sense that our identity be there as well, Gary, because when we go back and think about it, who is it that went to Calvary to pay the price for our sins? Jesus Christ. Exactly right. It was not someone whose name might be attached to a denominational group. It was Jesus himself, and he is the one that we should be honoring. And whose church did he say he was going to establish? He said he was going to establish his church. His church? Yes. Yes, not somebody else's church, not some religious group's church, not some mm -hmm. denomination's church. He said he can establish his church. That's right. The Apostle Paul said that the church is whose body? It's Christ's body. And he talks about that repeatedly through his letters, doesn't he? He does indeed. Ephesians 1 and verses 22 and 23, mm -hmm. just one example. Yes. Uh, Colossians 1 and verse 16, or verse 18, one mm -hmm. other example. Yes, it is. But he, he, he visits that particular concept repeatedly in his letters. Yes. The church is the body of Christ. Mm -hmm. Well, we, I think we've gotten off track a lot of people with this idea of attaching their supposed identity with Jesus by the name of some denomination, mm -hmm. most of which, the vast majority of which, you won't even find in the New Testament anyway. Oh, yeah, that's exactly right. And how askew people's thinking have become when their first reaction, when somebody says, well, what are you religiously? And they say... A denominational name, mm -hmm. rather than I'm a Christian. Yes. yes. I'm simply a Christian. Yes, and that gets away from the simplicity that you mentioned a few moments ago. The, the idea of being a Christian should be simple. It should not be complicated with these man-made ideas or doctrines. That's correct. That's correct. We need to simply keep it the way it's laid out for us in Scripture, mm -hmm. and then it's in keeping with God's will and Christ's will. Mm -hmm. Now, we need to communicate this great message far and near. We do. Let me tell you, I think in our country, we call this a quote-unquote Christian nation. We've mm -hmm. done that for generations. Mm -hmm. It's not a Christian nation. Uh, it's a nation wherein a lot of Christians, at least supposed Christians live, mm -hmm. but it's not a Christian nation in that it is a nation that marches to the orders of Jesus Christ. Far from that. Yes. It's a nation that is caught up in, in all kinds of unrighteousness and unfaithfulness and, and wickedness, and we go on and on. Yes. Now, it's true that a lot of people who call themselves Christians live in this nation, and I know that people would say our laws and principles of, of, of governance in our society 
are based on Judeo-Christian principles, quote-unquote, and I can understand that. Sure. But it's not a Christian nation. Right. But when you leave the borders of this country and particularly go to some countries where the vast majority of people do not even believe in Jesus Christ as the Son of God Mm -hmm. and the Lord and Savior, when you present to them an image of supposed Christianity that is so divided because of all the denominations that all have their own brands of doctrine, beliefs, teachings, and practices, it must really appear confusing to a lot of those people. Well, it would have to, uh, because you're right. If you hear a message from this person, it sounds like this. You hear a message from another person, it sounds like that. A third person comes along and gives you a message, and it sounds like something entirely different from the other two. It certainly does. It's, uh, you know, a lot of people, they want their Christianity like they want their hamburgers. Yes. They want it their way. That's right. Some of them want it with cheese and some don't. Some want Mm -hmm. it with pickles and some don't. Some want it with ketchup and some don't. Mustard, some don't. Mm -hmm. Some like mayonnaise on there and some don't. Some Mm -hmm. like onions and no onions. Right. And there's others who like combinations of all those things. Exactly. Well, that's not the way God laid out his church. He didn't give it to us the way we want it. He gave it to us the way he wants it. Exactly right. And we need to conform our will to his will. Mm -hmm. And we need to strive to be just a Christian. Absolutely. And we need to try to understand what that means. Mm -hmm. And we need to submit our will to God's will on that account. We do for a fact. In 1 Corinthians chapter 1, beginning with verse 10 and reading through verse 13, the Apostle Paul addresses and rebukes the church at Corinth because of division. Yes, he certainly does. What does he say there? Now I plead with you, brethren, by the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, that you all speak the same thing and that there be no divisions among you but that you be perfectly joined together in the same mind and in the same judgment. For it has been declared to me concerning you, my brethren, by those of Chloe's household, that there are contentions among you. Now I say this, that each of you says, I am of Paul, or I am of Apollos, or I am of Cephas, or I am of Christ. Is Christ divided? Was Paul crucified for you? Or were you baptized in the name of Paul? That's where a lot of people are today. Mm-hmm. They're real caught up in, in following some particular preacher or maybe some particular scheme of denominational doctrine. Mm-hmm. But it lends itself to that mindset to, to, to division. It certainly does. And so Paul is... is instructing them in verse 10. He actually uses five different figures of speech here to get across the idea that you need to be absolutely, completely united in belief, teaching, and practice Mm -hmm. as followers of Jesus Christ. Right. You need to speak the same thing. There needs to be no divisions among you. You need to be perfectly joined together. You need to have the same mind. You need to have the same judgment. That's right. And then he 
gets into the report that he had received that there was division among them. Mm-hmm. In fact, he uses the word contentions. And what was it over? Different people they were going to follow. And that's exactly what it was. Some were following Christ. I'm not sure, though, that, that even those who were grouped in that particular uh, persuasion by Paul had their attitudes right. It yes. still might have been kind of a factional kind of thing. It well could have been, yes. But at best, we could say, okay, one group had it right. They were following Christ. Mm-hmm. Hopefully, yes. that was the case. But others were following Paul. Some were of Paulo. Some were of Cephas. And maybe they'd been baptized by these particular individuals. Mm-hmm. Maybe they'd heard them preach sometime. Maybe they'd made big impressions and uh, uh, had big influences on their lives. I don't know why they were gravitating toward these particular individuals, but Paul says that's not right. He does. And then he asks the, the rhetorical question. He doesn't bother to answer it because the answer is understood in the question. Mm-hmm. Is Christ divided? And, of course, the obvious answer is no, he's certainly not. Absolutely not. And he actually puts himself in the picture there, Mm -hmm. to illustrate that, he says, was Paul crucified for you? And again, absolutely not. Were you baptized in the name of Paul? Once again, no, they were not. And so basically what he's saying is, you don't follow me, you follow Christ. Or you only follow me as long as I exemplify following Christ. Exactly correct. And that's the way it should be for everyone today in whatever situation in which they find themselves. There should be no division Mm -hmm. in the Lord's church. That's correct. This idea of hamburger chain Christianity, where you have it your way, that's non-existent in principle even in the New Testament. It certainly is. There's only one way. That's God's way. Mm Mm-hmm. I know that a lot of people, that bothers them, and they would, you know, they reject that, and basically, out of hand, and they say, well, who are you? You're narrow-minded? Are you bigoted? you judgmental? You think you know it all? You think you got it all right? Your way is the only way? Absolutely not. God's way is the only way. That's right. And God's way is not so wishy-washy and so incapable of being understood clearly that it is open to all kinds of individual interpretations that go off in all kinds of different directions. Mm -hmm. God is not the author of confusion. Not at all. No, he's certainly not. And in fact, on numerous occasions in the scriptures, and I'm sure we'll probably touch on some of these passages through this particular study, we're very clearly instructed if we are to be following God and Christ correctly, we need to abide in their doctrine, period. And Paul even uses the phrase sound doctrine. He does. The idea being correct doctrine. That's right. True doctrine. Mm-hmm. Now, again, in response to someone who would say, well, how, how do you know what's truth? What do you know what true doctrine is? Look in the scriptures. Mm-hmm. Well, you say it's one thing. We say it's something else. Over there, they say it's something altogether different. We can't all be right then. No. 
Because, again, God is not the author of confusion. Mm -hmm. God is not wishy-washy. God does not give us convoluted doctrine that is open to all kinds of individual interpretations. Mm -hmm. In fact, Peter rebuked that kind of mentality directly. He said, no prophecy of the scripture is a matter of private interpretation, Mm -hmm. but holy men of God spoke as they were moved by the Holy Spirit. Yes, in 2 Peter chapter 1, verses 20 and 21. So that's God's principle Mm -hmm. of what truth is. Yes. And remember that Jesus prayed on the night of his betrayal that he would sanctify, now he was praying specifically at that time for the apostles, Mm -hmm. sanctify them through your truth. Your word is truth. Yes. Again, truth is not susceptible to various interpretations and have it remain to be truth. That's correct. Truth is going to be steadfast and firm regardless of how we approach it whether we believe it and act upon it accordingly, whether we disbelieve it, it makes no difference. The truth remains unchangeable. We could say truth is narrow, and that's correct. And again, that bothers a lot of people, but that is the fact of the matter. Yes. God has laid out Christianity for us. Mm -hmm. He sent his son to establish it upon this earth. Mm Mm-hmm. And it's not a matter of whatever we want it to be. Mm -hmm. It is what God has designed it to be. Right. And if we're going to be faithful to God and be true Christians, then we're going to have to conform our will to his will. That's right. And that's going to have to be good enough for us. Oh, yes. Yes, that's right. We, We cannot go off in our own direction. I believe it was the prophet Jeremiah who indicated there is a way which seems right to man. But then he went on and said, the end of it is death. We don't have the ability in and of ourselves to make those decisions or to set those patterns or to establish what the church is to look like. God has done that and he's communicated to us what we need to do if we're going to be part of that body. Yes. The truthfulness of truth is simplicity. certainly is. It's not convoluted. Hmm. It's not skewed. No. It's not open to various interpretations. Not at all. It is simple in its truthfulness. Yes. And we need to submit our will to that truthfulness of God's will. We want to continue with this tomorrow. We do hope our listeners will tune in again, and we would love to send you a copy of this program if you'll simply contact us and ask us for it, and we always would love to send you that free Bible study, and right from God's Word, you can see for yourself what the truth of His teachings really is. We hope to hear from you today.